I, I hope to be the next Dr. Phil for Makers. And uh... <laughs> I hope so too. You're really good at it. <laughs> You're listening to This Should Work, podcast session 17, an interview with Rob Rare from IDEO. Uh, Rob's a local hardware hacker in Chicago. Um, he does a lot of work with uh, hardware badges, um, game, game design stuff, and all sorts of cool things. So in this session, that's pretty much what we're going to be talking about. Hope you enjoy This Should Work, and as always, um, please... Uh, do all those things that people say you're supposed to do like subscribe share whatever else if uh if you're enjoying these episodes Uh, but really just you know pass it around share the love if you enjoy this tell other people about it so they can enjoy it too all right thanks for listening and without further ado this is this should work session 17 with rob rare okay so uh, this is session seventeen of of this should work <laughs> with uh, with Rob Ware Rare and I almost said it like a wah um, from uh, <laughs> from IDEO and uh, I you know I met Rob at uh, ThoughtCon which is a hacker convention in Chicago last year um, as he was like tearing apart uh, our the badge that we made and he's he's really into all that stuff and. Um, and, and, and just a tinkerer, I think, all around. And yeah. so, uh, did I miss anything? No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I like to tear apart pretty much anything I get my hands on. Yeah, I think your your Twitter Twitter bio says something like that, too. Something <laughs> to Break it of. until you make it. There you go. <laughs> um, so, hey, thanks for thanks for coming on to um, the, the podcast. Yeah, and, of course. Uh, excited to be here been trying to get you uh <laughs> in front of a crowd at DePaul over the last three months and um every time there's some um calamity or another so uh, hopefully we can get that going but this is uh here we are next time it's going to be a heat wave it's <laughs> the, the the universe will keep us uh, separated um uh, in perpetuity it seems um so the way that I like to to kick this off actually is by asking folks um, not just what they're making because everybody's making something who's on this podcast, um, but what they're making for themselves. What are you making just for you? Not not anything that that you're gonna release out to the public necessary. Not anything that has to do with work, but but something that you're just kind of making for yourself. So what is it, if anything, that you're that you're working on right now? That's just for you. Yeah, that's a. It's funny you should ask that. There is there is one project that I have that I'm working on for me. Um, recently, I decided I wanted to learn how to write my own Nintendo Game Boy game. Um, and there's been a lot of challenges that came with it. So, the the original thing was, I know some C. Like I've done reverse engineering. Um, I've done like a little bit of RMC, but I kind of know enough to be dangerous um, or at least to, to have a, a feel for what I'm doing uh, on a reversing side. Though looking at it from a standard coding approach, I felt kind of blind. So hmm. um, I, I think I was, I was watching some random Twitch stream and people were talking about uh, Nintendo Game Boy development and from that, I started reading the resources and learned that the assembly was pretty was pretty simple, um, and, and it's relatable to like the Z80 processors. So there's not like a ton of registers that you have to keep track of, and it seemed like a really good introduction to uh, developing an assembly. Um, so with that, I sort of started reading through the sort resources that I could find. Uh, I did a tutorial, like a, a basic hello world. Um, and the more, the more I read about it and the more I kind of experiment, the more excited I get. And so I, I developed a game maybe six months ago, um, for fun called commuter. And it's about cycling in Chicago. 
Uh, and it's kind of a way for me to, to channel all of my frustration of people hmm. biking in the, uh, parking in the bike lane and, uh, random potholes throughout the city that you have to avoid. So you're the cyclist and you have to avoid all this, this stuff. It's, it's, it's kind of like paperboy esque, but a little bit simpler. Um, and so I wanted to port this game over to, uh, to play on a physical Game Boy. Um, and along the way, I think I, I kind of branched in a few different directions. I first started with the, the game development aspect. Um, and then I got into trying to, well, not trying, but I got into developing my own uh, pixel editing tool, uh, just a, a web-based, very simple like pixel editing tool to make graphics for the game. Um, and most recently, I've started to try to make the physical game and as I like go through every part, I realize it's not really that well documented, or at least like that I can find. Um, and some of the resources are outdated. Like there used to be a pixel editing tool that people use, but when I went to try to find it, I couldn't find it. Uh, it wasn't like hosted anymore. So I've just taken it upon myself, like instead of spending all that time just looking for the stuff to to kind of as an opportunity to kind of develop something new and and see where it goes. Um, so, so my newest frustration is not being able to find good documentation on the pinout and like how people um, make rewritable cartridges. Mm. So I'm just kind of building out my own right now. Um, <laughs> and I think after after this call, I have a board that I'm getting ready to send out to Fab. So uh, I'm going to oh, wow. export the files and and send it out probably after after we chat tonight. <laughs> So I have like, uh, you know, about a thousand questions coming from that um, <laughs> because, my, you know, my background at DePaul is in, in game design. And so um, that's, the, the, you know, all sorts of things here that, that are fascinating to me, um, you know, uh, from what, what, what tools you're using or, or building. Um, and by the way, this is not an unfamiliar thing. A lot of people who, who, uh, you know, or start making their games end up building a lot of their own tools. Mm -hmm. um, so it's interesting to see that pattern um, to, uh, you, you know, what are you learning about game design and, and, and design in general? But I guess my first question, uh, oh, I got two first questions. This is tough. This sounds a lot <laughs> to me tales. like, yeah. So, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, there's a, um, I was reading a thing about, I don't know the guy's name, but you know, some odd years back, handful of years, five or, or less, there was a guy who, who had this viral meme um, where a police officer pulled him over in New York city on his bicycle for biking around, you know, not biking in the biking lane or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I remember this. You're right. So then he, he took that video of him running into like all these doors of yeah. cars when, when he's in that. And so I, you know, I don't know. My, my, my first question is more around like, are you, is, is any of this a, a means of expression of like some of, of frustration? Is this like a, um, not frustration necessarily even is, how are you using, is, is some of this a, a way to ex, a, express, uh, something that you're experiencing right now? Um, yeah, just to like put yeah. in other words. And I, I think I get what you're saying. I have, I've explained it as a bit of an empathy exercise. Um, and I, the, it can start so simple where it's just like, all right, the main point of the game is stay in the bike lane and that's how you earn points. But there's going to be stuff that's in the bike lane and you can't always stay in there. So you can't always earn like points. You have to go into the main road. You have to avoid uh, right now cars and potholes. Um, but the, the goal is to get back into the lane, um, because I mean, that's where it's supposed to be safe at least. Um, but yeah, it, there's going to be, you can't just like keep earning consistent points. You have to go out and like enter the dangerous road where you might have more oncoming cars coming at you that aren't parked and are actually moving. So, um, so is, is how much of the, um, the stuff that you do outside of IDEO and everything else, how much of that is driven by uh, personal, not just personal experiences, but like 
uh, you know, like an itch that you need to scratch, like a something that you need to express or I don't want to kind of lead, lead this conversation in, in any specific <laughs> direction, but you know, like what, how much of it is driven by some, some kind of internal thing that you're, you're, you're working towards. Like for instance, you bike in Chicago, this is something that you experience. And so um, that's something that you, you know, you use to express yourself as well. Just like most of us who, who make games or design things kind of, kind of draw from our own experiences and, and, and then play off of those, not just to, to scratch our own itches, but to, to share that with other people. Um, I'm, I'm wondering what other things are you doing or what other things do you do a lot of other things that kind of um, fit that same mold? Yeah. I mean, up until now, I didn't really think of it that way. But as you ask this question, I think a lot of what I do is because I have some kind of itch or curiosity um, that leads me to want to know a little bit more. Um, so like one of the things is with like related to the whole badge life movement um, and a lot of the, the badge hacking that I've done. And the major driver for that is people make these boards. They're essentially development boards. I mean, they have so many like interfaces and lights and stuff and buttons and stuff like you would find on a typical development board for, for different microcontrollers. And that just drives me to want to learn how to develop for like extended families of microcontrollers, especially like ones that I haven't used before or functionalities that I haven't played with before. Um, hmm. It kind of started with, um, I guess, yeah, DC24, when the Bender badge came out, the original one, and I saw it as an opportunity to not only get familiar with like the STM32 microcontrollers, but I also wanted to implement uh, something music related for a long time. And so I took it as an opportunity to develop a spectrum analyzer um, that was more so alternative firmware and additional hardware. Uh, it was a, it came in the form of a, of a microphone with a preamp and the shape of a cigar since I mean, it was for Bender. So I wanted to, to complement the, <laughs> the theme of the badge and the work right. that had already been done. Um, but then I, I had coded up additional firmware that could run on the, on the, the badge, the board, the development kit, whatever you want to call it, um, to do some uh, spectrum analysis. And you could see like all the frequencies going on uh, around. And it was particularly neat when you get to go to parties and like there's live DJs and you can see like the badge reacting to the music. So, um, oh man, there's so much stuff that I want to unpack here. Um, <laughs> you, uh, you, so, so one of them, and this is just something that I remember from, uh, last year as well is that on the, uh, from the Thakon badge is that you threw a speaker on it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, uh, and, and now you're talking about, you know, the, uh, DEF CON and, and you're doing something music related again. And is there like a, um, and, and of course I, I want to get back to commuter at some point, because I think that's interesting as well, but I, I kind of want to follow this thread here of your, your, you're revolving around audio and, and music related things, at least in these two instances that I, I, you know, I'm familiar with, with you. What's why? Yeah. And, and I, I want to get back to commuter at some point too, just because I would love to get your input on it and, and some thoughts on maybe what I could do or if I'm going about things the wrong way. Um, but the, the why reason for like audio and, um, and music is like I've always well my background is electrical engineering um but the reason I got an electrical engineering is because I wanted to be designing like audio equipment and um I guess it started in like high school when I was doing um sound uh working like the soundboard for shows and like musicals and stuff like that and it just it kind of clicked in my brain like much like people like do graphic design and stuff, you can kind of do like audio in the same way and create different sounds and uh, soundscapes and, and ways of, of interacting with, with audio and music. Um, 
that becomes kind of an art piece. And so that, I mean, all of that is what has led me to where I am today. And, and the reason I got electrical engineering was because of signals. And I was, I went in undecided uh, engineering to like my undergrad to figure out what was the right path going forward. And the Dean of engineering recommended that I go the route of electrical engineering. Um, hmm. And then I did eventually, um, I got my master's in music engineering. And during that time, I got to really like dive into developing. Um, I made like built speakers. I built a subwoofer out of a mini fridge. Um, that was kind of fun. Um, I, I wrote a few different uh, digital synthesizers. Um, and I just got to play in this world of like finding new ways to, to create sounds and and create new like interfaces with with audio and music, which was a lot of fun. And it was kind of what I was searching for for a while. And I I still want to keep pulling that out of the work that I do and uh, look for opportunities to incorporate um, a, a musical aspect. So, so there are a lot of people who are um, comfortable uh, with using tools rather than making them to express themselves, whether it's music or games, right? There are a lot of mm-hmm. game developers who use Unity or Unreal, and and you know they they go along and and they build their software for you know a, a couple of the major platforms out there or or whatever. And and the same thing is true for audio, right? Um, yeah. you, you could you could express yourself without understanding the tools. I'm curious, what's what is it that that's why why build the tools? What's the what's the driving factor behind that? Yeah, I guess it's just like the engineer in me. I, I want to understand how everything works um, in order to either progress what I'm doing. Like I, I maybe I'm afraid of limitations. Like if I don't understand, if I know how to create it, but I don't understand how it works, then I could I could see myself running into limitations. But mm. by understanding some of the fundamentals, and I, I, I certainly use tons of of off-the-shelf tools um and i was fortunate like one of my professors when i was getting my uh music engineering degree he had developed his own tool for developing uh digital synthesis uh yeah digital like synthesizers um so i was using like his tool and helping him to uh to do some of like the beta testing with that um but i i think a lot of it is just yeah curiosity and wanting to know how something functions uh, fundamentally uh, in order to, to better understand the limitations that I'm going to see going forward and, and, mm-hmm. and possibly find ways, alternatives around those limitations. And, and if we wanted to segue back into commuter, it's kind of like a reason for, for wanting to get to know assembly right now. Um, mm. Because I mean, it's not really a practical language to learn at this point in time. Oh, uh, <laughs> Like memory right. space on on uh, on microcontrollers isn't it's extremely cheap at this point in time. But in order to get some of the the functionality that uh, you might want, uh, that might be obfuscated if you're using uh, a higher level like compiler, then you have to dive a little bit deeper. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> you know, if I, I there's no. Um, I build a lot of my work uh, recently has been in building like these alternative uh, gaming platforms and, and computing platforms and things like that. And there is, there's, there's no real market out for that right right now. Right. Like there, <laughs> yeah. there's not a lot of people buying custom circuit boards. It's not a, um, it's not a cash cow. And I'm fortunate enough to be able to do that in a, in a, in a space uh, where I don't need to worry about that, but yeah, I definitely wish it, it was though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, right, exactly, and 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 my obsession with it is is similar to what you're talking about, which is, um, I want to I, I want to understand how designing the platform affects the software experience, Be- because of course it does. the 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 platform that you're playing something on affects the experience of what every designer who makes things for your platform um, is giving to you. Uh, you. The, the number of buttons and joysticks and mm-hmm. um, the, how fast the console runs and, and so forth uh, all, all affects that, that ultimate kind of 
um, experience. Mm -hmm. And, and yet I, I wonder sometimes like, what is the, <laughs> you know, you have these existential moments where you wonder what is the merit of this? Um, <laughs> because, because uh, ultimately understanding a lot of different things makes you what a, like a, a, a really good generalist in a lot of things, but not yeah. a, 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 a strong specialist in, in any one thing, um, which has been a criticism that's, that's been leveled against me at least, but I wonder how, how you have kind of dealt with that. Um, and, <laughs> and maybe this is just, this has become a Dr. Phil show now. Um, but like, <laughs> how, you know, like how, what, what is the, how do you think about that as far as your understanding of, of, of getting better and honing at your craft, why do you pursue these things and understanding all things rather than like, or, and, and I'm assuming things here, but, you know, becoming the best, you know, bridge builder in the country, for instance, you know, or, or whatever else. Yeah. I refer to it as, as project ADD. Um, and it, <laughs> I, I just get like, if I focus on the same thing for too long, I get like burnout and kind of bored of it. Um, so, I mean, that's part of the reason why I just constantly like go broad, but yet at the same time, I find like new spaces and I try to deal, I've deeply into them to understand a lot more and pull out possibly stuff that could be applicable to future projects. Um, I mean, even doing some like the synth stuff that I do, uh, understanding how to make like different, different styles of like synthesizers, like doing wave generation or even just doing like uh, a lookup table, like a wave table synthesizer. It can be applicable to another project um, that I do down the line. Um, but I'm also fortunate in that the work that I do, like the work at IDEO uh, kind of promotes me or like pushes me to, to be jumping around. Cause I mean, I might be on a project for a couple months where I'm, diving deep into understanding Bluetooth and implementation of Bluetooth and stuff. And the next time I might be doing something that's a lot more power related. Um, so I, I, as much as I would like to be general or, or be dive deep into to one thing and like be really good at it, kind of the path that I've chosen supports my, my, my broader lifestyle of, of, just picking things here and there to, to really get into and then um, kind of like pack up what I've learned and I need to get better at documenting that or documenting it and uh, possibly presenting in a way that if somebody else was to come over to the space, they might be able to kind of pick up where I left off. I think that's probably one of my, my greatest growth opportunities, but, um, but I am fortunate in that I, I can keep doing this thing where it's like, jumping around and just playing for a while and then kind of picking up and going somewhere new. So, so if I asked you what your, what your core mission is or your core value is, you know, I, apropos of what you just said, would it be, what would that be? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> it's a tough one too, right? Like, you know, you know, the, the so I, I had a conversation with a guy from um, the he he's uh, he helps run the Higher Education Makerspace Initiative, and I was asking him. I you know I think about things. There's there's a construct called um, values, strategy, tactics, and so you understand what your values are. What are the things that drive you, and then you understand the high level strategies that you use to um, to put forward those values. And then you understand the low level tactics that you use to support the strategies and ultimately those values. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me like the, the tactics that you're, you're, you're making all of these different things, right? You're engaging with different platforms. Um, and, and your strategy in, 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 in a broad sense seems to be that you're, um, uh, you know, tinkering, uh, making yeah. and plan. And, and you, you mentioned this before and, and I, I made a note of this. Um, you said, um, you know, like something about play in this world or playing with things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wonder what the, so if those are your tactics and, and, and strategies, what are the values or what is the value um, that you see in that, that, that keeps you 
that, that ties all of those different that ties um, commuter and and your badge life work and you, your work at uh, IDEO and and your work in audio development uh, together. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm not looking for like a, a stumper or anything, but um, y- you know, it, any any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I've always I've always said like as long as I'm having fun um, and kind of enjoying what I'm doing, then I'm happy. Um, and I think a lot of that, what I view as fun is just finding unique challenges that I can, that can really like rack my brain for a little while and, and challenge me to think in a new way. Um, I mean, like learning assembly is, has been a real stumper and just figuring out like, I mean, I've done a fair amount of C and like firmware development in the past. Um, but thinking how that kind of boils down to assembly is has been has been a pretty big challenge and like also with some of the other stuff like commuter um i i guess i'm just like i'm stumped by how to how to one make something that is enjoyable for other people um to how do you tell a story through a game and and two is like the implementation practices of I'm doing it. It, it initially, it was initially a web-based game. So trying to hone in on some of my, some of the web stuff that I'm just not familiar with. And it, it kind of pushed me to, I, I had done web development in the past and it pushed me to kind of refresh myself and also like, further uh expand some of my bounds so i think a lot of it's just curiosity and, and knowing that i want to find something that i don't know anything about um and and become a little bit better in that area and grow a little bit more in my understanding of how things works in general i mean i'm never gonna even sure. come close to understanding how how like the world works in general, but, um, as I can get each piece, um, maybe I can wrap my head around something or at least be a good reference that somebody could use down the line for understanding and help to get somebody else up to speed. And that's the interesting point to me is, is the other, the helping somebody else piece, because you're, you're talking about making things for other people and sharing things with other people. And that seems to be, to, to me at least just as strong a, a, of a component in what you're doing as, as the, the tinkering and the making itself, like, like, you, you know, looking at a lot of your projects, um, it's not just about, um, you know, what's Rob making for himself. It's, uh, how do, how do I use this as a way to create some kind of a conversation directly or indirectly? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so, so that's that's fascinating to me because I see these. This is a, a very similar through line, right? And it's it, it relates to like constructionist um, pedagogy, which is that it's not good enough to just make a thing; you need to share that thing as well, right? It, it's the difference between um, playing guitar in your bedroom or playing it in front of a, a, a an audience. Um, and and so there's there's some aspect of like wanting to share that thing. Um, uh, as well that I, I find uh, deeply interesting about, you know, some of the work that, that we're talking about here. And I, I um, w- without talking too much, I also see some relations here between what you're doing. And um, there are, there are a couple other people who have kind of gone down similar paths. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Ian Bogust by any chance. Mm, probably have it. It doesn't ring a bell off the top of my head. So he's a, he's a professor at uh, Georgia tech. And he also writes for The Atlantic. But one of the other things that he's actually pretty well known for is making games for the Atari. Like mm. now, not, yeah. not in the past. <laughs> but like, you know, that's that's one of his current activities that he's doing, <laughs> um, which is a, a weird, rare thing to do. And I think it's a similar kind of, of itch is um, it's 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 a playful way to understand what 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 is it that you're. You're, it sounds like you're you're trying to what under understand um, the people who made the platform to begin with. Uh, yeah, and there the is people, yeah. 
yeah, there, there's, I think there's a certain mentality to how these people, especially like when you're thinking of games like the Atari and even the, like early Nintendo consoles, there's so much limitations and the creativity behind the solutions for getting past those uh, limitations is what excites me a lot. And like understanding how we could take those practices and, and if they're applicable today, they might not be, but um, I think there's some, it's also the same reason why I'm fascinated by like the demo scene, for instance, um, where people are making uh, graphics and audio uh, from very limited, um, well, resources and also like sizes and that kind of things. Like it's amazing what people do under pressure. And it's almost like I want to kind of recreate that for myself in order to see what comes out. So, so you're kind of like putting yourself through some pain. <laughs> I mean, in a very, you know, uh, uh, ephemeral sense, at least in or in order to learn more about, about what, you know, what, what do you get out of that versus making something for the PlayStation four or whatever, where you can do whatever you want? I think a greater appreciation for the hardware. Um, and I think by understanding some of those basics, it might help to expand or at least know what can, how you can improve on something and, and not just kind of willy-nilly throw resources out the window, um, but how you can, can take full advantage. And, and it's, a tr- it's a tough question. Like, I would like to, it's almost like I'd like to debate this with somebody who is more likely to want to just like, all right, all the resources I have, let's do this. Um, I don't care and figure out like what they want to get from it as well. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so uh, a classic example of a game that uses all of its resources really well would be um, Pitfall. I don't know if, mm-hmm. I don't even know how, how old you are. I'm 34. So uh, Atari was something that was like on the edge of, of, uh, <laughs> of, of my, my generation and, and pitfall was a really popular game uh, where they, they utilize, they utilized. So Atari had a couple limitations, how many pixels could be moving on the screen at the same time. And they weren't actually pixels, right? They were actually um, because the tubes on the Atari uh, on the television uh, draw the quote unquote pixels rather than the, there's no graphics card on an Atari. Mm. Um, and so, and, and so there's a, there's a book called racing the beam all about this. Um, but there could only be so many, and I'm using pixels in a looser sense. Now mm. pixels moving on the screen at the same time. Um, there could only be so many kind of units moving on the screen at the same time. And so like when you're rope in pitfall, you're, you're a, person swinging from vine to vine almost in pitfall. And when your rope swings, um, it's actually, they're taking um, these ball units that the Atari allows you to have and using the Mm -hmm. balls as part of the rope. And so the ball, you know, each ball pixel is, you know, uh, moving from, from left to right on this Cartesian plot uh, to represent Mm. what a, what a rope is rather than, um, you know, what you could use now and with a, with a, a graphics card that could generate whatever you want. Yeah. Um, That's cool. I didn't know that about. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, uh, there's, there's all sorts of, 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 of really interesting history about um, uh, uh, game platforms and, and how they utilize their resources to, to the nth degree. Um, I see some commonalities and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong in, in your interest in badge things and games then because the, the current badge stuff is, is incredibly limited by price point, which, which um, limits the kind of hardware that you can use and, and forces uh, uh, you to be more creative with the toys or the games that you make on top of those platforms. So what's, what is it, you know, is, is there a commonality there and is, is, is it, what, what is it about the limitations that you think drives that, that kind of um, sense of playfulness in the creator? Yeah. I, I think as you were saying that it um, kind of sparked a little bit of thought in my head, which 
is even, I mean, it's, it's the whole reason why I kind of chose to learn assembly with, uh, with a Game Boy rather than like a current ARM processor is the limitations also, I think it, it, it creates some structure, some more basic structure that can be followed. I would, at least that's the way I feel. Um, like by having a limited amount of registers, I know like I can keep that a lot. It, I guess it's a lot better, easier for me to picture in my head as I'm learning this. And I, I, the same thing with like badge making, I think like keeping it simple is a really good way for people. I mean, like you look at the amount of people, especially with, uh, with like the shitty add-on implementation that people are just making some led, uh, circuits and, like this is their first introduction into it. And I think by limiting, keeping that field so limited, like we're supplying you essentially power and ground or VCC and ground. Um, what can you do with that? And it's like, yeah, I can make some LEDs light up. I mean, other people, they can use the I2C implementations to do something more complicated. But by having those limitations, it at least, it almost makes it feel a little bit more comforting. Um to know you can't mess things up too bad or um, I mean, there's even, I mean, there's plenty of, of opportunity to fail. And I think that's important as well, but um, you don't get overwhelmed with how many you have to do uh, or how much you have to like keep in mind or consider the whole time while you're doing it. Sure. Uh, Yeah. Like, uh, you know, when I got started with uh, indie game stuff like 10 years ago, um, what was popular and, and still is to some extent is like pixel art. And, and part of that is because it's, it's uh, quick and easy to do, but, but going hand in hand with that is that if you're a team of three or four people, it, it decreases the complexity of the situation mm-hmm. so that you can enhance the, the playful experience uh, rather than detracting from it by trying to make something that looks uh, technically perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's almost moving away from formalism, from the idea that um, you need to be perfect at your craft and more towards the creative side where you don't need to be perfect at the craft, you, you, but you're using the, the, uh, the, t- the medium and the tools as a, a way to express yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and so in some ways, by decreasing the complexity of, of the platform, you're increasing the, um, the opportunity for expression. Is, I mean, is 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 there? And we've talked about this a little bit earlier today uh, on the phone. Is there a uh, is there an opportunity for this badge life stuff to become a creative means of expression? Is it there yet? Is it is it not there? Um, what's the? <laughs> yeah, I th- I think we're we're certainly getting there, um, especially with with how some of like how some of the groups show up. I mean, you think of like the, the furry badge and how that is kind of like an embodiment of, of like what they're trying to bring to DEF CON. Or you think of like hack for Satan and has like challenges and stuff. And I mean, it, it even goes back to like the days of loss, um, of lost challenges and badge, badge hacking challenges and stuff where it's all, people get to kind of put themselves a little yeah, like you're saying, get to put themselves a little bit into the work that they're doing. Um, both in physical like representation, like the furry badge being an animal head, um, but also in some of the interaction, some of the gameplay um, and, and like challenges and stuff that I guess are, are associated with it. So this this always goes off the rails, and I apologize <laughs> for having done that already. Um, <laughs> Don't mind. I'm gonna try. <laughs> I'm gonna try to bring it back because I want to talk more a lot about um, y- your badge life work and um, you know your questions. So I, maybe to kind of roll back to to that. What um, out of all the platforms that you could tinker with right now, um, why Nintendo? Right, because you're you're both making this Nintendo game um, through commuter, but you also um, made this uh, shitty add on or crappy add on or whatever um, uh, that uses the Nintendo 
nunchucks and, and maybe there's no uh, connection there, but, uh, but to me, it seems like there's some, there's some Nintendo love that's happening there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I am a Nintendo lover um, at heart. I, I grew up with Nintendo systems and have owned every single one um, since, uh, since the original NES. So yes, I, there's, I guess there, there's that, but I think some of it also comes from um, the one commonality I can think is just documentation and, and how many people have gone through it. A lot of like Nintendo stuff and part of it's from the legacy. Like you're not the PlayStation wasn't around uh, in the Game Boy years, um, or at least like the start of the Game Boy years. And so it's just been around long enough that that stuff's been really well documented. Um, and, and as like we keep talking, I kind of realize more reasons for why I chose to start playing with the Game Boy to start. And like that's one, like documentation. And it's the same thing with the Nunchuck. Um, it uses just a simple I squared C. Um, interface and it's well documented how that works and so breaking that out I like understanding that you have this I squared C interface for the nunchuck uh, and just it it was kind of a last minute thing that I did was just to make a breakout for it um, we were kind of I was joking around with um, with Superstat about it beforehand and, and he just offhandedly said uh yeah doesn't the the nunchuck have i squared c and I, I wasn't really familiar with it so i just quickly looked it up and then uh confirmed it and i was like yeah it does and um that night went home and found some documentation for what the the header piece was for the nunchuck that nintendo like i don't know if it's uh if it's like a patented type or whatever but um just looked at the like the, the shape of it and I just looked up what the how the routing was for the shape and routed out a board with that uh, with that dimension and uh, sent it out for fab with something else that I was putting out already. Yeah. Um, so it was really like last minute, but I mean, it ended up being pretty cool. I and mean, they're small and um, Drew from uh, Osh Park. Yeah. He he liked the idea too and, and helped me to to get a bunch from fab. It's it's incredibly playful. I think that what you, what you did there was took something that was um, Nintendo is is an incredibly playful company. They make things that allow other people to make things, not just uh, make things that allow other people to play things. And yeah, and definitely, it, especially like with their Labo stuff that they've started releasing recently. Oh gosh, right? Yeah, I mean the the Labo stuff is interesting because it it, it fills this whole um, you know it, it's it. In Japanese culture, it's incredibly popular to to make your own toys with cardboard, and mm-hmm. and it's taken that kind of origami aspect of cardboard, um, you know, worldwide. And in addition to that, now they've thrown in the the virtual reality stuff and yeah. and everything else that they're doing, which is just uh, you know incredibly interesting as well. Um, but but it's 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 compelling to see that you are uh, you're drawn to that that you're drawn to the place, the, the more playful to go back to, you know, when you're talking about playfulness, I, I think that there's a lot of playful. Um, there's a, there's a, a, a deep playful nature in, in the maker or making aspect of a lot of the things that you're doing and that you're, you, you seem to be drawn to things where people are enabling other people to be creative um, and creating platforms. You know, you mentioned, um, uh, creating alternative firmware, but that's on yeah. top of like another platform, right? So, so it's like taking these things that exist and and using them to create these other playful experiences because uh, because they're meant to to enable that sort of thing, um, which is really inspiring. I don't I, why what there are not a lot of people out there who, who look at these kind of um, complex systems and think I can make something else on top of them. What, what is it that, why do you do that? <laughs> I don't know a better question. <laughs> I'm so, trying to so come I'm, up with like, yeah, I'm going to answer it. And it's probably going to be in the form of a question towards you because, because to me, that's what it feels right to do that kind of thing. Um, I, I mean, I consider myself a creative person. Um, 
But at some points, if there's not restraints, like if I don't have some kind of boundary, I don't have some kind of topic in order to design around, I kind of just come up blank. Um, and by giving myself some kind of, of restraint or, 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 or sorry, some kind of constraint, um, such as design for this microcontroller and you only have this many buttons and you don't have a screen and like this and that kind of thing. It's like, it starts to narrow down the playing field of what I can start to imagine. Um, and it doesn't become as broad or as, as daunting to look at. Um, so I guess my question that I was, I was thinking of asking back to you was for you, when you're doing like game design, do you find that it helps to have some kind of restraint or do you find that you designed easier uh, or designed better without, with kind of just like an open field of possibilities? Yeah. So I'll, I'll answer this and then I'll, I'll try to figure out a way to reflect it back so that it's a, it's a question back to you, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, th- like the things that uh, the way I think about um, creating things is that um, constraints exist all around us and, 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 and at the most basic level, they are not human made. Um, mm-hmm. and, and while the, a lot of the things that we are talking about um, because they are complex systems are human designed um, constraints uh such as you know the the amount of of memory or or um the uh the amount of inputs or outputs that you have on on a system um, those are human constraints uh there are also natural constraints that those people had to think about right yeah. and and the way i like to um to think about that is is wood um mm-hmm. and this might sound goofy but it, it actually makes a lot of sense it, to, to me, at least from a, an orientation of ontology or, or a way of being. So wood has a grain and that wood grain wants to be used a certain way. Um, and so if you are a craftsman, craftsperson, whatever, who's uh, engaging with that material, you have to utilize that material in the way that it speaks to you, in the way that it wants to be used. Mm. Uh, metal is, is similar. Uh, aluminum uh, or or steel or or any other metal has certain ways that it it wants to be utilized, um, and so it is used. The, the, all of those materials are used depending on um, the necessity and, uh, and 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 the you know the situation. Um, so, so, so constraints are beyond people. They're, um, they're f- like material constraints. That's and, true. and so the constraints that I think about, um, start with what are the ma- material constraints and then extend to what constraints do I want to, what, what constraints extend from those materials that I want to give to other people. Mm-hmm. And in other words, um, if I am going to use N number of LEDs and X number of buttons, um, what are the constraints that those materials afford? And then what are the constraints that I can, by including them, uh, create in addition to those, those initial, initial, you know, mm-hmm. more natural constraints. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it seems like that's something that you are, are drawn to though, right? Like yeah. you've got, you, you've got these, uh, you, you, you're hacking badges. <laughs> you've got a whole talk th- that's going to be about that. And, and, it, and it's about, it seems to me, human constraints, the human constraints of, of the game boy, the human constraints of badges, the human constraints of, of, of even creating, uh, 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 musical instruments. Mm-hmm. What draws you to the human element of constraints? The human element of constraints. Um, I think the biggest oh, the biggest human element constraint that I have is to and I don't know if this is necessarily a constraint, but, and it's something I struggle with a lot is just, uh, is knowing like in a lot of these platforms you can fail and you have an extra life. Um, 
so like you can keep redoing things over and over again mm. and and it like set up in a platform to to sort of learn and to to not be afraid to take those chances um so it might be that in a lot of this stuff i'm not really constrained to to some of the human constraints and it's more that i have these opportunities um to fail um early but yet still make progress it, it, so this is interesting so so seymour papert which i think i mentioned before i, I hope i did um you know the person who created uh, the idea of constructionism um, talked mm-hmm. about how computers were a, a, an excellent tool for education and learning because they were low stakes because you could fail um, and, and, and then continue on. Or as one of my first mentors, when I was first starting out programming, like when I was 13 said, like, you know, you can't really destroy anything. Nothing's going to set on fire. Well, maybe <laughs> now, now that's not the case so much. anymore. But <laughs> yeah. you know what? You know, you know what I mean? Like, they they offer this low stakes environment to, um, uh, to exploring your own intuition or, or, or whatever else. Is that, is that kind of what you're uh, hinting at or what? Yeah, I think, um, I think that's, that's very much um, the same sentiment that I'm getting at, which is, yeah, I mean, you can't. Yes, I mean, somebody could argue you could start a fire through computer programming, but um, but to be general, like you can't burn your house down by by coding up uh, by through something that you code up just attempting to learn a new language. Like I'm not gonna burn my house down trying to 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 screw around with uh, learning how to develop assembly for the Game Boy. Um, right if I fail, I'm going to crash the emulator and I can just restart it. So let me ask you this then, um, because we're talking about play in a virtual sense mm-hmm. and, but it very much exists in a physical sense too. And, and it very much exists in a more high, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to say more high stakes, but a, a more impact. Um, so, so we're not the only things who play. Humans are not the only people who play. Um, yeah, uh, you know, dogs play, and they're playing to learn, like what, how to hunt, how how to survive. Um, is that something that fits into your um, creative life? What do you do things that that exist outside of computing that that involve craft and and play, and and if so, what uh, what are those things? Yeah, I mean, it's like pushing, the, I, I guess, like for the, I guess my vision of play and, and sort of like what the dog analogy is, it, they're kind of like pushing boundaries. I mean, I think of my cats and and they're constantly trying to see what they can get away with. Um, and it seems a little bit like it's a game to them um, if they can jump on this counter or that counter and if I'll yell at them or, <laughs> right. or whatever. Right. Um, and I, I have my I have my ways of playing back. I set up uh, we've got like an air sprayer, so I'll wait till they jump up on the counter, and then it blows the air at them. And sure, so we're going back and forth. Um, but yeah, I I, I think I, I I'm a, I'm a long distance runner. Um, just to exemplify more how much I kind of just enjoy this uh, this long, brutal, mental, uh, yeah. Break on my sanity. Yeah. Um, and I mean, for that, it's, it, my version of play is like, how can I push myself to be a faster runner? And, uh, mm. and I also, I do, I do uh, rock climbing as well. And, uh, with bouldering, mm. it's like, how can I push myself to new limits? And that's kind of like the playful aspect. I enjoy doing some of this. I enjoy doing like easy stuff now and then, and that's enjoyable, but, I mean, I think at the end of the day, what I'm really getting at is how can I push myself to new limits and find out where my boundaries are. What what I find interesting about that is is it kind of relates back to we. One the first question I ask everybody is, "What are you making just for yourself?" Right, and it, it almost should be like, "What are you playing just for mm-hmm. yourself?" Because it seems like w- with running, uh, that that play involves. Um, uh, 
you know, they're the, the common themes in theater, the man versus man, van, man versus nature, man versus uh, uh, robot now, um, and, and, and so on and so forth. And, and, and so like, you've got the, what, what are you playing? And, and, and the running is almost like you're, you're, um, you know, I, I was a swimmer for 10 years. I, I still run all the time too. Um, oh, okay, yeah. and, and it's the, uh, it's, it's a, a mental thing. You're, you're, you're struggling against yourself, um, and, and succeeding with yourself and, yeah. and, 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 and with climbing. Too. Right. Oh yeah. And right. And spectacularly <laughs> and understanding what your limits are and what makes you upset and all sorts of other things. And, Rock climbing is similar, but rock climbing is interesting for a different reason in some ways. And it's because you're also interacting with nature and uh, um, the contours of things, right? And so yeah. uh, 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 it's not just a, a you versus yourself. It's you um, uh, interacting with this material. Um, that is true. I, and I, it is like a game almost, um, or at least I view it as a game. I won't say almost. It is a game to me. Um, cause there's challenges. It's like, how can I, well, one, how can I improve some of my strengths so that I can do certain things? But others is like, there might be the hard way of solving, like, um, some of the rock, like how do I climb this certain route? There's, there might be a hard way, which is just like brute strength, but there also might be an easier way, which is if you put your body in this kind of, um, in shape and then like, it makes this transition a lot easier um and understanding a little bit more attuneness with your body and how to move it and that you're doing less energy or like using less energy um to do certain moves um but it, it's a it's a challenge at least like when i'm i do primarily climb um indoors uh and for that i mean you think about the people who are setting the routes and, and they're kind of like the programmers of this where they're setting up the challenges. They're setting up uh, what everybody else is going to kind of encounter later on. Um, and it becomes a game where you have like a developer and a, a user, or like a bunch of players mm. playing that game. Oh, wow. I I hadn't even thought of that. That's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> At least that's, yeah. like, that's where my head goes to as I'm like solving. I mean, yes, there's, there's this physical aspect to it, but. I, yeah, they're designing an, a, a a playful experience. Yeah, there, and if you fall, um, you fall. It, it's padded. It's a safe environment. Um, right, you're not Alex Honnold, and uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen. You know, I've been following. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Years, Alex is awesome. But, yeah, um, but but you're which I mean that's just another level of playfulness, really. Um, but you're. This is interesting. So, so we're talking about like the, the things that kind of, uh, you know, the, the things that you make, whether it's, um, whether it's commuter or whether it's the, the badge life work, uh, everything else, but it's, it's, it's really seems to be an affectation of, of playfulness. And that makes me so happy. And I, I, I don't know why yet. <laughs> um, but no, but it, it, it makes me happy yeah. too. And I think, I think it puts a little bit, I think it, this, I'm glad we're having this chat because I mean, it's making, helping me to realize a little bit more of what, what my goals are through doing a lot of this stuff. And it's not just, it's not just so that I can fulfill some, some mental uh, curiosity that I have. Um, and I, I do want to like, teach back what that I, what I learned so that people don't have to encounter as much of a challenge going forward, but also it's so that I can make new challenges for new people. Ah, so, so be the creator of these experiences rather, uh, not just right. Is that, is that kind yeah, of, it's, it's almost yeah. like if I can take, if I can learn deeply on something and be able to improve it a little bit and maybe come up with one new way to kind of push something beyond the boundaries of where it's at right now. And then I can release that as a challenge that's going to push people to also have to think in that similar way to get past that challenge. Maybe somebody else will then extend it a little bit further um, yeah. down the line and, and we'll keep pushing those boundaries. Whether that's commuter or badge life or, or whatever else. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 
So let me ask, uh, we're, we're getting close to the, the end of, of this, although I'd love to talk to you about everything else after this. Uh, uh, we, uh, we hit this. Yeah, we live in the same button. city, so we can always just go grab yeah. a beer too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a, another question I love to ask people. Um, and, and I think it, we're at the right point for it too, is what, what are some of the choices that you've made that, that influence what you're doing right now or make you, make you who you are? Oh man, I feel like it's, it's choices that I've made sort of in, in some of my after like moments of failure. So, so one of the base examples Mm. of that is the reason I'm at IDEO right now, it it was a goal of mine um, in the long run to, to end up where I am because I love the work that I do and I love being able to have an impact on the world and have, um, be able to, to design for people um, and their and their needs, but the reason I ended up here was because I applied for a PhD to to a couple different schools and I got denied from all of them and it ended up being a thing like, well, uh, what do I do now? I guess I'll just apply to this and and that ended up being like one of the biggest life changing decisions that I've had. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's brought me to Chicago and through that I've met so i mean i met you i've met so many people i've met uh my girlfriend and it's some situations like that where like i've been at these low points and had to make a decision um on kind of what to do next and and i i think i the same thing happens i mean i feel like this whole conversation ends up being like weaving in and out of of different moments uh, where we've been in this talk, but like, it reminds me of just like development and like even thinking through like solving bugs and, and debugging and, and that sort of thing where I've exhausted all of these like options that I've had. And it's sort of like, I'm at that worst case scenario of like, uh, I guess maybe I'll just like rewire all this stuff or like rewrite this whole section of code and just in case there like was one thing and then it's like that ends up leading to this whole new um new thing where like with doing some of this pixel stuff uh for my game it's and i i run into the challenge of i can't find a, a pixel editor and it's like well i could just do this in photoshop real quick and then the other part of me makes a decision like you know what? i'm just going to make a, a pixel editor uh and hopefully it'll be useful down the line and and who knows if it's going to be and who knows where this will lead to. But, um, but a lot of, I think a lot of the decisions and I've lost track a little bit of your original question, but <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> a, lot, a lot of, a lot of like the important decisions that I've made and uh, even the not so important ones seem to come after I've hit a moment of failure and I've just, I've exhausted my plan B plan C and uh, it's, ends up being like plan Z. Um. <laughs> no, that's, 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 um, I think that's a perfect place to, to kind of put a, a bookmark in this is, is <laughs> there is it, because that's playful, right? There, yeah. Yeah. I'm playing a game. I mean, it's, it's all right. just, a game. there's, there's no, when, when kids are playing um, house or tag, there's no specific objective it's uh, uh, you know, it, like when people talk about jazz, you're playing around the notes. You're not playing just the notes, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and yeah. So, yeah. You know, you're playing, you're playing around and, and you're also questioning things and like poking at them and prodding at them. So I think that's a, that's a really good place to, to end. And man, this is fun. I really appreciate Rob. I really appreciate you coming on. And, <laughs> I really appreciate you having me. I think you, you helped to awaken a lot of, of, realizations at least for me uh during this conversation i I hope to be the next dr phil for makers and uh, (laughs) i hope so too you're really good at it (laughs) not really though but but this is (laughs) this is a a really this is i i am i'm thoroughly happy uh that uh that we we talked uh about all these things and um uh let's have you on again real soon because i think you're you're doing some really really interesting stuff. And, um, 
whether people recognize it yet or not, I think that there's there's some really high um, high potential uh, for for the work that you're doing. So uh, thanks, thanks for that, thanks for that means a lot. Uh, uh, yeah, that that really means a lot. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I hope next time, if and when I'm on, uh, I have some better answers about <laughs> the inspiration and like the drive behind all this because I mean, a lot of it is. I think has come off a bit more as curiosity, but I want to have, I'm going to think long and hard about like going forward, what, what I can, where, what, where I really want to like show up in, uh, yeah. in the community and, and I mean, just with, with friends and that kind of stuff. Cool. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks. And that about wraps up session 17, an interview with Rob Rare. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed the conversation. Um, as always, you can find us at shouldworkmedia.com. That's shouldworkmedia.com. We're also on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all those other places. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please go ahead and hop on one of those places and give us a review. Uh, share with your friends, subscribe, all that good stuff. All right. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye-bye.